we'll be having baptism. The reason we are getting it right after the service is because pastor forgot to turn the heater on and we don't want to baptize like uh, you're baptizing the polar bear. <laughs> so you bear with me tonight. And Glenn, could you please wait for me after we baptism? We can have time together. Love to see you, brother. Amen. I want to welcome every one of you here tonight. I, uh, I believe I have something that is very significant uh, in my mind. Did you notice that's the same scripture we used on Sunday? That's the same scripture. Sometimes you have to understand when God's wanting to say something, he's going to say it. And the wise will listen because he's about to bless his people. If you listen to the word of God that this, that Jesus is saying, I want you to know this. I need something from your hands to worship the Father. I have something to offer. So sometimes people are hesitant. It's really between you and your heavenly Father. I felt on Sunday that God gave me that scripture uh, to share with you. And then that's exactly what he's saying tonight uh, to us. When I, for me as a Christian, whenever I hear things like that, I know God's trying to get my attention, and I better listen. And so I thank God that uh, he brought that back tonight. So now, stand up, please. I'm going to welcome our visitors here tonight. Would you please go around, greet one another. The Bible says, with a holy kiss. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) It's a holy kiss. (laughs) I want to welcome uh, Bishop's family here again. Yes, yes. I spoke to Bishop today. That was good. I got a brother in Nigeria. <laughs> and it's a great joy. Tonight I want to uh, speak on a message I titled, Your Imaginations Produced, but you see that I really wanted you to be standing. Please stand up. <laughs> you thought I forgot, right? Well, I forgot a lot of things, but not this. <laughs> like baptism. We do get, let's say this. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I titled my message tonight, Your Imaginations Produce. Your Imaginations 
produce. Basically, saying what the scripture says. Sometimes scripture uses think, and also tells us, uh, uses the word imagination. And the scripture made clear about that. As a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. So your imaginations, you will become. That's part of life. Every building you see, every building you see, airplane, whatever it is, was first in the mind of an individual. The building in the mind of the individual, he can actually close his eyes before that building was built. And he can walk the hallways in his mind. He sees it. And if you build a building different from what he sees in his mind, he'll correct you. You know why? He's seen it before it was built. Now, God gave us that ability because that's how he is. And we were made in his image. And we have the same potential as God himself. In the scripture, the Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 31, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And if you read in Genesis, it says God made and then God saw. In other words, he made and then he inspected it after it was made to be sure it was according, it was built according to what he had in his mind. That's how it is. And when he met what he had in his mind, God says, very good, very good. There is nothing to change. There's only one case with Adam. He says it's not good for the man to be alone. Remember that? He had to do something about that. So that's imagination. The world was in God's mind before it was built. God saw everything the way he wanted it in his mind before it was built. So God had imaginations of what things would be in his mind. That's exactly what's going to be. It will be. And so God exploited his imagination or imaginations of what he was about to create. So creation was in God's imagination. As far as God was concerned, he resisted. You can't see it, but in his mind, it was already there. And then God performed his imaginations, you know how? By speaking it. That's the principle. He performed his imaginations by speaking it. Let there be. And then God will inspect it. And it was the way he imagined it. And then God saw, inspected what he spoke. And that's the principle. The Bible talks about what we speak from our mouths. 
It's so important. And I've been saying it over and over again. When you, are be- when you become a Christian, it's time to learn your native language. What comes out of your mouth? It's got to be according to this book. When it's contrary to what's in this book, you're speaking another language. It's got to be according to this book. So God inspected it. You know, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you. Where are the plans? They are not yet fulfilled. The plans are in his imagination, in his mind. I know. I can feel it. I can see it. I can handle it. I know. You don't know it. I know it. I know the plans that I have for you. And God tells us, declares the Lord, plans to prosper. So if it's not prospering, it's not his plan. Amen. And when God inspects it, he says, that's not what I had in mind. The plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. So if you feel harm, it's not from God. That was in his plan. And he's speaking to all humans, especially to those who believe in him. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So God has for us a future and all of that plan is in God's mind. Please do not neglect the power of imagination. That's the potential that you have in you when God built you. So you connect with God's imagination, according to the scripture, until you connect with what God's saying, nothing happens. God has his imagination, what he wants for your life, to prosper you and to give you a future. And he wants you to connect with that, his imagination, and perform that imagination by how? Speak it. Speak it. And I have to say, with people, God has imaginations. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. Is God telling us to lie? No. He just says, the weakness, that's not my plan for you. And I don't want you to perform that by saying it. So don't say that. Say, rather, I am strong. Connect with God's imagination of strength. And it's not your strength, it's his strength. So that's what the scripture is telling us. We have to understand God's imaginations for, for us. I'd like to talk about creation and being formed. Creation and being formed. We, we, we were created. And we'll come into that. And also tonight, prayer can get there. I want to talk to you about the purpose for prophecy. How you handle prophecy. A lot of Christians have a misconception on prophecies uh, because they don't know what the purpose is for. What is the reason for prophecy? So a lot of people were looking for words, prophecies, and all of that. But the Bible is very clear. The purpose for prophecy, and I'm not talking about 
uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort. There's a purpose for it. And until you understand it, uh, you could make serious mistakes. But we're coming to that. Amen? So God has his imaginations for us. And, and God's imagination hasn't changed. That's what he wanted for mankind. When he originally created us. And that hasn't changed. Why? Because God has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so by revelation, as we understand these things, and as we connect with it, for two cannot work together except they are in agreement. So when we come in agreement with God, that's the beginning of what God is about to birth in our lives. So he was created in his mind. Then he forms it in you when you accept it and you bring it into your life. Now this is what the Bible says. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it says, And then, then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing. I like to use, when I see that creeping thing, I always think about Satan. He is a creep. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. Over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we're talking about creation here. So that's Genesis chapter 1. But listen to what God says, and you can go to Jeremiah, he also comes to this again. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, he says, And the Lord God formed man. He formed man according to what he was seeing in his mind. Just to look like him. He formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Created and then he formed it. See, God spoke to Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you. Okay? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So can you get that? He, in God's mind, he had already been created. God knew him. Personally. It was in God. Please don't ask me, it's a mystery. But it was in God's imagination. But to God, it was real. God knew him. Before he was formed, God already had him. He said, I knew you. And now we're talking about, when we talk about knowing, it's not like I'm familiar. He knew him intimately. Well, Jeremiah says, when was that? He had no clue. But in God, God knew him before he was formed. He had already been created in God's mind, in God's imagination, before he was formed. And he says, before I formed you, you in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I sanctified you. As soon as God formed him, then God set him aside with the potential for what God was creating him for. That's the word sanctified. So when you were born in God's imagination, you had everything, all the ability you need in life to fulfill what God created you for. Amen. You can do it. You have all that it takes. The only thing is to connect with his word. Amen. And agree with his word. With the mouth, one, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You agree with God. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? You know, when God wants to do something, when the time comes and God wants to do his will perform what he created you to do. He initiates it. And we'll come, come to that. He initiates it. Somehow, he lets you know the time has come. And I'm taking you where? And you will know. I mean, you find out in your heart, now I know. And then that's the time to agree. That's the time to move. Amen. Are we, are we together tonight? Good. So, you were chosen by God. According to the scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. So, you are not just a Christian by coincidence. No. In the mind of God, you existed with him all along. So, don't think of yourself any other way. God carried you in his mind and he knew you from the past. Everything about you. And what I do is God please line me up with what, those, what that plan was in your head. In your mind. It tells us in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, just as he chose us in him. He chose us in Christ through Christ, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Before the world was formed, you have been chosen in God's mind to be a part of his son and his agenda. And you were chosen and God had everything that you need, all the abilities you need to fulfill your calling. That's what he's saying here. Just as he chose us, not going to choose us, he chose us. He chose us before the foundations of the world. That we should be holy. So holiness is not because of you. You were chosen to be holy. And if you connect with that, you will be holy. You got no choice. That was in God's mind. Connect with his agenda. Connect with his vision. Connect with his imagination. And accept it. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, right? And so you connect with that and you will be. You just don't want those things anymore. Amen? And you want to do what is right. While the world's enjoying the craziness, you think, you guys are nuts. 
You don't know how to live. I know how to live. Amen. Because you've connected with the holiness. The holy that God created you to be a part of. You were chosen to be that way. Holy. And without blame. Before him. And guess what? In love. You know why in love? God is love. Commandments. Love, love your neighbor. That's why I tell myself from the time I got saved, I love my Christian brothers. I'm very comfortable. Brothers and sisters, okay? <laughs> brothers and sisters. I've always loved them. They are family to me. Amen. I love them. Sometimes they can be really, I huh? don't know. <laughs> but I still love them. And when I'm, you know, you know I still believe you, can, you have to love me. You got no choice. You were commanded to love me. So I can be myself, right? And being myself sometimes is not what you like. (laughs) I said sometimes. Please don't talk to Angela about that. (laughs) But that's what he says. He predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of what? His will. His will. So you are in God because it was God's will for you. You thought you were accepting Jesus, right? You know, I went to church and I heard the pastor preach and I felt really bad and I confessed. No, that was all God. Started with him and is going to end with him. Amen. It was all God. It's a great privilege that God looked down and says, that, that, that man there, that's mine. That's why the devils, they know to stay away from you. Amen. They say, I used to use the words, can't touch this, right? <laughs> you know that song? <laughs> can't touch this. Well, they go back to that stuff. <laughs> can't touch this. That belongs to the Lord, okay? Set holy. Set apart. Amen. That's Jesus. He's made us that. Guess what? You were chosen to have the same love that was in Jesus. You were chosen. Jesus made it clear. In John 17 verse 26, he says to his father that the love with which you love me may be in them. I can love. I can love people. I can. I have the same love that, G, that the father had for his son. And there is no greater love than that. And Jesus prayed to his father, I came down so that the love that you have for me will be in them, expressed through them. I can love. I can love anyone. Amen. Because God gave me that from the foundations of the world. I had that. It was given to me. That's faith. Until you believe it, it will never be there. You can love anyone. Even those that persecute you. You can love them. You can pray for them. Because you have that same love that God gave to Jesus. He says, the love that you had for me. And guess what? It was the same love that was in him for us. Why else would he go to the cross for us? You have it. And if you don't have it, Jesus' prayer wasn't answered. John 17 verse 26 and John 15 verse 
11 tells us very clearly that Jesus said, The joy that, that I have, that you may have my joy in you, and that my joy will remain. I have his joy. Can you imagine? That's the joy that is not earthly. He came from heaven. Think about it. Yes, things can happen and endure that joy a little bit. But then I go pray in tongues a little bit. Hello. And I shout in tongues a little bit. The problem is still there. But I got joy of Jesus. You remember? I got the joy, 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 joy in my heart. What? Where? I forgot to sing it right. <laughs> Down in my heart, right? That's the way we used to sing it. <laughs> but it was real. Those days when, we, when I sang this song, man, I was, it's heaven. You know, because the joy of Jesus. Many of us, after we were saved, the first sign, something was different. It was coming from within. You can bear witness. Why? Because God ordained it. He was in God's mind. Then the fullness of time came and it was fulfilled in you. It was fulfilled in you. So you are special to the Lord God himself. You had that joy in your heart. You were chosen to carry his glory. The same glory. I like John chapter 17. Because Jesus says very clearly that the glory that you gave me, he said, the glory you gave me, I gave to them. I carry Jesus' glory. I don't know what that is, but I know the devil respects that. Amen. Everywhere I go. I carry his glory. I'm not going to carry his glory. I already have it. Amen. You got to speak it that you have it. It's got to be in your imagination. That's why I believe that Joshua 1 verse 8. Remember that scripture? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it. In other words, mutter it to yourself. How often? Day and night. No matter what you are going through, you are not permitted to say anything else but what the book says. You, every time you get out of the book, you are going out of what's legal. You are becoming illegal, a criminal. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I don't know, it's the joy that's making me do this. <laughs> you become a criminal, you're not speaking that way. Contrary to God's word. Pastor, I just want to tell it the way it is. I feel weak. Well, you shouldn't say that. I don't care what you say. I should. Well, you are becoming a criminal. God says, let the weak say, I am strong. Are you going to fight him? Do you have the power to fight him? Let's stay in agreement. Amen? So you have that. You can carry his glory. And you have the power, his power and authority to do what he created you in him to do. On Sunday, I saw a lot of miracles here. I saw that. And, but, you know, I did see uh, the guy that came with Parkinson. Uh, one of our members prayed for, for him. That was... Her boss that came. 
And he was shaking with Parkinson. And I went back. He wasn't shaking anymore. He was amazed. I mean, but shook, I shook his hands. I, I just was not too happy. I was not around to, to get that kid in. Around when the prayer was made. But I'm glad somebody prayed for her. I don't make any difference. I just want to see it. I was glad to see it. He shook my hand. He was happy. And I can tell he was shocked. How did this stop? We carry his glory. I'm glad it wasn't pastor that prayed for him. For him. Amen. That's unique. Because every one of us carry his glory. John 14 verse 12. The works that I do, you shall do also. Because he chose you to carry his glory. Before the foundation of the world. And all we have to do is connect with it. And act it. That's what we do. It's so important that we do that. Now, the source of imagination. Let me address that a little bit. Let me go this way. For every one of us, you have three days. Three days. How many want to know what that means? You got three days. Every one of you has three days. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Right? That's what you have. Yesterday, today, and you have tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's your future. Yesterday, that was your past. Today, that's where you live. Every one of us has been granted that. Yesterday has to do with memory. You remember, right? It's already gone. Memory. Today has to do with contemplation. Whatever you're dealing with. How to handle it. You inspect what's happening and how to handle it. Tomorrow, you know what tomorrow has to do? With your imagination. Your imagination. Many people like to live in the past. They're constantly thinking about what happened in the past. And they'll tell you everything that's happened in the past. On and on and on. Guess what you're doing? If it was an unpleasant past, guess what you're doing? You're bringing your past into your present. And if it's in your imagination, it will be in your future. You get that? If you keep talking about your negative past, testimony is good. Testimony is good. That's your pleasant past. And that's your power. Because you are connected. Connect, you know, this thing about being positive is really important. Especially if it's the word of God. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And what? By the word of their testimony. Testimony in the past is good. For the present and for the future. Because that gives you imagination of what's going to happen in the future. When you hear a testimony, you're not thinking that it's present as they're testifying of the past. But it's pleasant. And what does that do to you? It makes you imagine what's going to happen to you in 
the future. I remember in those days, you know, when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they come to church. It's like a big achievement. They said, well, I woke up that morning and I was in the bathroom and I was singing glory to God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came on me. You know what everybody's thinking? They're seeking the Holy Spirit. They were seeking in those days. They're thinking, maybe I should go to the shower and sing praises to God. And the Holy Spirit, you know what they're doing? They take from the testimony and they have their imaginations for the future. So God gives us his testimony. But the negative testimony is just bad. That's one source of imagination. The scripture, you can have source. That's one source here. It comes from God. Your imagination is the power you have that God's given you to do the things he created you to do. If you can't see it, you can't build it. In school, they train you to be able to see it. In whatever field, right? You come ignorant, then they start training you. Now, you say, I got it. You know what you mean when you say, I got it? I see it. And once you can see it in your mind, you can do it. That's your potential. That's your power. That's your potential. That's your power. And God gave it to us. God gave that to us. But there is also evil imagination. It's coming from Satan. You know the scripture. Evil imaginations. When you feel dread, it's not coming from God. When you are afraid, it's not coming from God. When, when you're trying to go to sleep, and then your mind's working, all kinds of imaginations, maybe because you just read something from the mail, and now all kinds of fears are coming to you, and you're in dread. That's an evil imagination. And that's what the Bible says, take into captivity. You understand what I'm saying? Take that imagination into captivity. Every one of us has been there. I mean, you can have, he'll tell you all kinds of things and give you all kinds of scenarios as to what was, was going to happen to you because of some strange news that's come to you. And you've forgotten you belong to him. No weapon formed against you will prosper. What your situation is cannot change God's word and cannot change God's imagination. Your, God's imagination, your imagination, your potential supersedes reality. Hello? Supersedes reality because he's God. Amen? He's God that's behind it. And if he doesn't line up, God's changing it. But we don't see that when it's coming from the enemy. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, you are in the flesh, you have all of this come to you. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. You see, if you are not of the flesh, where is it at? We are fighting in our imagination. Right? I thought life. And guess what? It's affecting our lives. It's affecting our lives. 
Christians call it spiritual warfare. I don't care what you call it. It's a real battle, okay? It's in your mind, and it's affecting everything. Your finances, your family, your marriage, your children, it's affecting everything. As a man thinks in his heart, exactly. He says the weapons we have, they are mighty. God's given them to us. And guess what? When I read through those weapons in Ephesians chapter 6, everything goes back to the word. Everything goes back to the word. They are mighty through God. To the casting down of strongholds, he says, casting down of imaginations. When the imaginations, why would God want you to cast down imaginations that cannot affect your life? Why? Because if you don't cast them down, they will become reality. And they will take over your life. You know what I do? I'll just tell you. I dream, sometimes the dreams are not good, pleasant. When I wake up in the morning, guess what I do? I tell that dream, yeah, I know you are real in the spirit realm, but let me tell you, I live in the natural world, and I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, whatever plan you have, we never see one day of manifestation in this natural world forever in Jesus' name. I cancel this dream. And many times, if you ask me two hours later, I don't remember it. Because it's gone. Poof. That's what the scripture says. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, you should condemn it. You cancel it. And then it never will be fulfilled. So there is that evil imagination. But there is also imaginations that's coming from God. The scripture tells us, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able, who is able, he has the ability, he can do it. Unto him, this is praise to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God says, that's your imagination, that's all you can do. I can go past that. Amen. I can go past that. I can do better than that. Why don't you come up with something bigger than that? If you can handle it, you don't need God. It's your human-sized imagination, right? God says, go beyond that. Read, um, I believe it's Isaiah 54. It tells us about that. God wants you to extend and go beyond that imagination. It says, according to what? The power that is at work inside of you. See, the Holy Spirit is given to you. Now you have that power and it works with your imaginations to produce. That's why I titled the message, Your Imaginations Produce. Because the Holy Spirit is part of it. Amen? The Holy Spirit is part of it. I found that God said it earlier. God initiates imaginations. And I find this in scripture. He does this a lot. It's called the way of the Lord. It's God's way. Even when you're going through difficulty. He has a way of coming to us. And he starts this 
way of thinking. And sometimes you can't get rid of it. It stays with you. And you keep wondering about it. You know, I used to wonder, you remember David was a shepherd boy? And then God told Samuel, go and anoint him king. Well, David was smart enough to know that there was no greater prophet in the land than Samuel. Right? And David was anointed king. So David knew God wanted him to be king. How to get there? There was no clue to that. But I'm sure every time things go wrong, he remembers the greatest prophet in the land anointed me to be king. That imagination will stay in his head. One day, I'm going to rule in Israel. But guess what? The path was different from what what we will expect. But it was there in his mind. And the funny thing, everybody in the land knew it. Because God had demonstrated it when he killed Goliath. This kid is special. This kid is different. He's not in the line of Saul, but this kid is special. And Abner, general for Israel, Abner knew. He said, Abner says, well, God had already said you're going to be king. They all knew about it. And they have it. But have you ever wondered why God chose to put the, give those dreams to Joseph? As a young boy? Do you think Joseph forgot the dreams? Never. They were planted there in his imagination. He couldn't help himself. He had to tell his brothers. They were mad. He had another one. And he told them. To make them even really, really mad. So, that's the way God does these things. And you see that in God's way. He initiates it in your heart and you start thinking about it. It could be business. I mean, it's not just being a preacher. It could be business, whatever it is. And if you're starting with God, this is something that I know is private. If it's of God, you can't shake it loose. If you pray... He gets stronger. Amen. The more you pray, the more you can't let go of it. You don't know how it's going to happen, but it's there in your mind. And you're praying for it to come to pass. Guess what? At the appointed time, it will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. But if it's, if, if it's from the enemy, that's the three sources, one from God, one from the enemy, And then from us. Sometimes because of what we ate before we went to sleep. (laughs) You got all these funny dreams. Has nothing to do with anything in life, right? And they're totally forgotten. But if it's of the enemy, it doesn't quit until you challenge it. Amen? And if it's from God, it doesn't quit. The more you pray, the stronger it gets. Even when you're going down. You still remember it. Even when things are not working well for you, you still hold on to it. And you can remember it. God did that with Abraham. He said in Genesis 15 verse 5, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now to the, towards heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. 
And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. You see, what was God doing? He was planting it in his mind. At this time, Abraham was past 75. No, ch- no children. Tending to forget, God will remind him. And then there's another passage. Later, after Ishmael was born, he thought that was it. And God wanted to awaken a new dream in him. And went to him and said, you will be blessed. He said, bless Ishmael. God said, no, that's not the one. And he says, your Sarah will surely. He planted that dream again in him. And then before, notice, he will plant the dream first before it's fulfilled. Before he dealt with Sarah, he spoke it so Sarah heard it. And Sarah laughed. And he challenged Sarah about it. And Sarah denied. She laughed. But I'm sure from that day on, she had it in her mind. She was thinking about it. God works with your imagination. That's all I'm trying to say. He initiates it. He keeps it there. When he's going out, he awakens it. He brings you back to the same place. Don't forget. Because I'm going to do it someday. How many of you have a dream that way in your life? And you believe in God to do something for you. He also does that with, the, with regards to prophecies and visions. That's what I said I would come to. He tells us that in the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And they'll see young men would, old men would dream dreams. I refuse to be in that category, okay? <laughs> I still see visions. The young men will see visions, amen? And the visions are for God. Prophecies. What are they for? What are prophecies for? This is what the scripture says. You can have your opinion, I stay with scripture, Amen? And I've heard prophecies over my life. And I understand what's going on. This is what Paul says. This I charge, uh, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, notice not one, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. You had a lot of prophecies given to you. That by them, by what? By what? What does them represent? The prophecies. That by them you may what? Wage a good warfare. Prophecies for warfare. Prophecy is to give you that imagination. You know this is what God wants. And don't let it go. Don't let it go. Most times you receive a prophecy, you already know what they're telling you. It's a confirmation. That's what it is. And see what God says is supposed with this scripture. Please somebody check, check the water for me and see how hard it is. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You see the temperature out there. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. How many of us have been brought out of the land of Egypt? Every one of us. This is what God says. Open your mouth wide. And what? And I'll fill it. 
get your imaginations beyond you, beyond what you can handle. And God says, I will perform it. Amen? Amen. Let him come out. Would you stand up? Close your eyes, okay? <laughs> so he can come and tell me what's going on. <laughs> Let's lift our hands up before God tonight. I pray that you had something, something of God gave you a revelation beyond what I was saying tonight. That's the purpose of it. Please don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word. If you have all kinds of imaginations that bring you fear and condemnation, they are not coming from the Father. If you have imaginations that shows you impossibilities because of one thing or because of another thing, they are not coming from God. Change your mind according to the scriptures. Find a scripture that lines up with what you are thinking and and stay with those scriptures and begin to say those scriptures. Things will change. If there is a God, and I know God is, things will definitely change. Amen? Things will definitely change. Father, I want to thank you for a time before your word. Just as Mary sat at your feet and heard your words, today we sat at your feet, Jesus. And I know, Lord, you've spoken to your people more that was spoken from the pulpit, Lord God, because of your spirit that's at work in them. It's the power that is at work in us. And we're grateful. We will meditate in your word day and night. We will speak your words from our lips day and night. We will give you glory so that your words may be fulfilled in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, I want you all to stay around because we're going to... Are you ready? We can come back here. Okay. (laughs) That's what I'm told. Hey, uh, can somebody go into my office? I have a space heater. I'm from Africa, but...